Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And I'm just going to jump right in real quick. This is Craig from the Editing Bay. Uh, The first half of the intro that we recorded, we can't use for boring reasons, so don't worry about it. So I'm going to give you... um, A little bit of an intro at the beginning, and then we will hop into the second half of the actual intro we recorded, and then the podcast will proceed as normal. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Back when I lived in Michigan, I did one single set of stand-up comedy. Uh, when I was in my com- when I was at community college, I had the opportunity to, per- to perform like a tight five of stand-up, and uh, this was the set that I used for this. It's a very it's a short story, but I figured you know in lieu of a proper intro, I figured you know I could read you, I could read you this stand-up bit I wrote a few years ago. So back when I was a kid, I had a lot of extreme back problems. Like, I couldn't walk at times, that's how bad. So my family had to take me to a chiropractor so they could wring me out like a washcloth, which would in turn allow me to walk again. The only real problem arose when I was camping at a state park when my back started to act up. And since none of the nature nerds knew how to make precise adjustments on a five-year-old's spine, we had to go to the local chiropractor. Now, on top of crippling back pains, as a kid, I also had severe anxiety about doctors, and also strangers. So, things were already off to a great start. Now, now I don't remember much about what happened next due to me being, you know, a five-year-old, but I have the faint memory of this bleak brown waiting room filled with miscellaneous toys that were supposed to keep the stable kids entertained. And I know I wasn't one of those kids because the next thing I remembered was being pinned on the chiropractor's bench, kicking and screaming and doing other things that you do when you're generally having a good time. After that, I remember the doctor coming in and he's trying his absolute best to work on my back. He really is. But my body is so... Tense. I am kicking and squirming and not cooperating in every imaginable way. Eventually, I got so stressed and my body was so tense that my eye shot out of my face. See, I left out the very important detail of I have a prosthetic eye because my parents left out that same important detail to the doctor. And not only did my eye fall out, it rolled around on the floor like one of those coin donation machines in the lobby of a Dairy Queen, and the guy got so freaked out about it, he wouldn't continue working on my back. I had to go back home, which, let's be clear, was three and a half hours away so that I could walk. But honestly, I feel bad for the guy. He went to school for this, he dedicated countless hours and God knows how much money so he could practice what he loves to support his family. Then, one day, out of nowhere, this random crybaby strolls in, unannounced, and loses an eye. Like, if that were me, I would have just retired on the spot. That's it, I quit, I've seen it all. I would have gotten into my 2003 deep blue Honda Civic and drove into the sunset. So... (laughs) I don't know if, uh, I don't know how much that bit holds up. I think it's still kind of funny, um, but there you go. A little bit of, uh, a little bit of premeditated work from your boy Craig Wells. Also, I would just like to apologize for like 
my room being super echoey. <laughs> I literally have foam panels on the wall and I have like a blanket right in front of me. And at this point, I don't know what else I can be doing to make the room more like conducive to recording. I'm trying my best, but I appreciate you sticking around anyway. Well, now that I'm done incriminating myself, I literally put a candy in my mouth. While we're doing a talking podcast, it was just next I to me. Do, I straight up thought about like getting, I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. Maybe I should just get some food like pretzels or something. And I'm like, well, there's no way our audience wouldn't hate that, dude. All right. Candy's gone. Let's talk about our movies. <laughs> Sweet. So this is our third best and worst. And we did Jackie Nicholson, a.k.a. Jack Nicholson, a.k.a. I'm sure his real name is John. So John Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There's the candy again. Uh we t- <laughs> Man, are you dying dude if i dude if we have your death recorded that's going to haunt me forever because <laughs> what's going to happen is you're going to die right and yeah. then on the recording it's going to be like oh my gosh what happened to craig call 911 that's going to be your parents then also recording it's going to be like the emts that show up to save you <laughs> And and let's be clear, I'm pretty sure my parents don't know my address off the top of their heads. So you would have to call my parents who would have to call emergency services. And while they're calling them, looking up the address so they could send them to me. And oh, then <laughs> dude, it would be so bad. And then eventually they would just unplug your computer yeah, or whatever because they don't know what to do with it. Then I would be like, oh, man, if those tapes are saved. Then we go in, make sure to save it, send it to me, and I'm going to have your final minutes of life recorded. Yeah, do it. You have my express permission where if I die on mic and the file is saved, you can cut that together and make sure that's part of my funeral services. It's going to be legit. And we're going to get a hologram. And (laughs) we're going to watch you die as we listen to the audio. This is an artist's interpretation yeah. of what happened during the final Or, moments. if we can't get a hologram, we'll just have Andrew dress up like you. <laughs> and act it out. All right. Well, now that we've had a fun little detour, the two movies that we watched this week were One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The Terror. If you want to skip these movies, we're going all spoilers, obvi. If you want to skip these movies, you can go to the time code right here for the next part of the podcast. Time code 40 minutes and 14 seconds. The Terror was difficult to find on IMDb. Right. Because there are a billion pieces of media that have the word terror in it, and mm. they are much more prevalent. Now, if you are not familiar with the terror, and why and would you not? be? you're not. You're not. <laughs> um, it is not even one of Jack Nicholson's first works. It's one of his first movies, but like he had been in the industry for a few years at this point. It is a 1963 B-movie horror film where Jack Nicholson plays a French lieutenant, I think. Yep. Um, He's yeah. an army officer. Yep. And he gets stranded on this island with a castle and he's separated from his platoon and shenanigans happen from there. It's like it's supposed to be a horror movie. The scariest thing happens during the opening credits. And I'm using the word scary uh, generously. So generous. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because so generously. It's one of those things where the guy opens a door and like 
a rotting corpse is like on the other side of the door. And at that point, it's just like, it's not scary. It just caught me off guard. That's the thing. Anything that is remotely scary is not scary. It just catches you off guard. Right. Um, and this actually isn't even the worst movie he was in. I think the worst one was Man Trouble. Came out in 1992. But you literally can't find it anywhere. It's not even yeah. available to rent on Amazon. Like, yeah, the, I don't know how we would get a hold of it. When we picked these worst movies, we took into consideration accessibility as well. Not just for us, but for the listeners as well, which is how we landed on this. Jack Nicholson had a few contenders. <laughs> right. He's made an, an enormous amount of movies. It's impressive and ridiculous and i do want to say a a lot of the badness from this movie does fall on jack nicholson jack nicholson does not do a good job in this movie and i think that i like (laughs) if they did not explicitly say this is a military officer from france you would never have gotten that from him at all well like and there's a couple reasons why First of all, no one has an accent or an accurate accent. I will say that there is a vague accent in some people and it's not French. Okay. (laughs) It's, I don't even know what it is. Another thing, um, it's filmed in California. So obviously that I'm like, wait a second, have I been there? (laughs) And it's filmed at Big Sur, which is a huge tourist attraction. Like I think Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning. I think one of them had like their honeymoon there. Like it's so popular. It's like a couple hours south of San Francisco. So I recognized it. Another thing. Um, this movie looks like garbage. So bad. And Gone with the Wind came out um 14 years before this and looks 10 times better. So it's, here's it's so bad you actually have no idea what's going on for half of the movie. Like you can't visually see what's happening. You have no idea. Yeah. And it's it's one of those movies where if we had pulled it without telling you what it was from, you would have like if you were part of that audience, you would have been like, oh, this is a movie that Mystery Science Theater makes fun of. Like this is just an episode of Mystery Science Theater. No, they this is just a Jack Nicholson movie. Yeah, dude. Jack Nicholson was 25 when he filmed this. Um, I also looked it up. He's only nine years younger than Marilyn Monroe. So they were in Hollywood the same time. That's wild. Jack Nicholson is a sleeper, bro. Because he was born in 1937. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah. Um... This movie, I will tell you the, like, it looks bad, but the moment that I was sold on the fact that there's no redeeming qualities was, in fact, during opening the credits, which might not be fair to the movie, but... Well, uh, I skipped the opening credits, so... Oh, no, Alex! (laughs) You missed the best part of the movie, was the birds... Oh, uh, uh, when I was fast forwarding it, I saw that's when I saw the first two bird clips and I'm like, oh, we're not watching this. So, <laughs> oh, so the bird clips that we're talking about is a, a lot of this movie revolves around a bird. And so the opening credits had a little bit of a semblance of that. So they took what I can not the <laughs> what I can only describe as a third graders interpretation of a seagull. And they it's not even moving when it's flying. They literally take a still image of this stupid little drawing and then just drag it across the screen. Dude, it was it was so bad. Um, more things that aren't this movie, but kind of related. Um, Helene, which is the main actress in this movie, 
married Jack Nicholson during it. Oh. They were married for six years and they have a daughter. They got divorced, but I think they might have fell in love during this movie or they got married right before they started filming. And then that's why like they collaborated because they were married. And also another good tell of why this movie is bad is this movie has seven credited directors which yeah, is man. not good That's so we have so, so Roger Corman was the main director and he actually has done a lot of good stuff like he was the writer for Little Shop um but then we also have Francis Ford Coppola as famous so famous like let's be clear directed the godfather trilogy francis ford coppola and um also only directed for three or four days yes he's credited as quote three or four days director and then we have another one day director then we have another few days director another uncredited director a one day director and then last but not least jack nicholson himself one <laughs> final day director do you know what that means to me that means that the director that means that roger kerman was like hey i have a doctor's appointment that i cannot miss you can handle this on your own right and jack nicholson being young and eager is like yeah yeah i got this i got this and so he goes and so like roger goes out for the day and jack nicholson is like all right one final day director now let's do that kissing scene dude it was oh where what else was wrong with this movie um it's boring it's boring like um <laughs> like nothing happens literally so it's a, it's an 80 minute movie right super short and and it sets up it they have like a little intrigue of mystery then they bash it over the head with a shovel forget about the mystery and just do nothing for 70 minutes and then finally they wrap up the mystery that they've been kind of alluding to and it's like i didn't know that this was the problem but i'm glad we're solving it and they just kind of do a little bit more at the end. Yeah, dude, the story is different in the last 30 minutes than the whole first part. Like, it's a yeah. different, it's a completely different. There's because very the little in common. Because the first hour is, I'm stuck on this place. I saw a girl, but now I can't find her. I'm trapped. I need help. Yeah. And it's kind of all that. Then the last 30 minutes is, you're like, your son isn't dead. He killed the baron of this castle and has taken the place of the baron of this castle. But he doesn't know that he's not actually the baron of this castle so now his dead wife or rather the baron's dead wife is coming back to curse the baron even though he's not actually the baron but because this guy isn't the baron but doesn't know that he's not the baron gets cursed as the baron and of course there's a witch <laughs> yeah of course of course there's a witch um dude also if that sentence i just said didn't make any sense welcome to the movie <laughs> also the audio was so bad i had a hard like you can't watch this without subtitles i didn't the so i watched this on tubi because i watched it for free with ads yeah. um and tubi didn't give me ads or it didn't give me the choice for subtitles for you this know what? movie i might have done that as well no the problem was this was subtitles but it was like a person who was like barely there so they'd say something and then there'd be like intelligible and I'm like, Wait, what <laughs> and i'm like you don't know <laughs> I was trusting you with this. I'm like, wait, what's his, what? Well, the parts you're telling me, I can hear, bro. I want you to tell me what I can't hear. <laughs> 
this movie is so bad. Dude, the audio like was so bad. Dude, there's a scene where a guy gets attacked by a raven bird thing. Oh my gets god. Gets his eyes like destroyed. And it looks bad. Like props to the makeup artist. It looks bad. Falls down a cliff and lives to give like a paragraph worth of exposition and then dies. And I'm like, no, you just fell off a cliff. You're dead. You are so dead. Um, um, but he's fine. Yeah, there, there were just lots of weird punching bird scenes. Um, <laughs> There's so many bird scenes. <laughs> and this movie, you also just to like give kind of like a sense of the era that this movie is from. It's one of those things where like someone will say, hey, you over there. And then it'll cut to that person that they're talking to. That person will say, absolutely nothing and then the camera will zoom in on their eyes and then it just kind of like rests there for a few seconds and we're like now what now what but then the movie doesn't do anything else dude so this movie came out four years before the good the bad and the ugly which you watched uh like six months ago for decades this movie if just by looking at it you would think oh this came out two decades before the good the bad and the ugly straight up 20 years but no they're four years apart and it's just this movie's so hard to watch i think objectively this is one of the worst movies we've watched for the podcast yes it is the plot is bad the acting is bad but also it is the visuals half the time there's a black screen and there's like you can see a little bit of movement and i'm like oh we're supposed to be seeing something right now yeah so we're, mi- we're missing something entirely because it's a black screen we can't see anything yeah the thing that i thought about the best way for me to describe this is the other bad movies that we've watched for best and worst had an audience you know there's an audience that enjoys movies like nine there's an audience that enjoys movies like bride wars like unironically there is no group of people that's like Yes, let's watch the terror tonight and genuinely enjoy it. Well, those I went to people, the reviews because I thought the same thing. There's a lot of people who love this movie and think it's a masterpiece. No, because the thing no. is, this is like classified under classic horror, like Dracula and Frankenstein. <laughs> is it? So they're like, oh, dude, this movie's a classic. What a, from a great director, he nails it. The the way the plot develops, there's like actual classic horror. Like this is how it was supposed to be done. I'm like, this is, dude, this is something people study for film class. And the guy's like, listen, man, I don't want to show you this, but it's part of the curriculum. Okay. And I couldn't get rights to the other movies to show in class. So you're going to have to suffer through this. Like this is such like, it's actual garbage and you have to work. I Yeah, you can lie and make stuff up. About classic (laughs) horror and how this has developed and helped other future horror stuff and set like the tone and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a bad movie. Yeah. I hate it when that happens where people are like, yeah, man, but like, look at what it like set the foundation for. Like those movies wouldn't exist without this movie. I'm like, yeah, but this movie's still garbage, bro. (laughs) It's still bad. Yeah, it set the foundation by setting the foundation wrong. Everyone else can look at it and be like, let's not do that. Bro, I don't even... The last note that I have, just in terms of, like, the bad acting, is the ghost of the Baron's wife said the phrase, I have damned you like you have damned me, and says it in straight up a southern accent. Dude, we're not supposed to be in France, man. Or just, like, at least Europe... Yeah, dude, it was it was rough. It was it was it was really bad. Dude, um, I'm gonna say something. There was also a something. scene where someone got struck by lightning and immediately burst into flames. 
<laughs> and I laughed. Yeah, it's this is here's the thing. This movie is a get on your get on the couch with your friends, have a few drinks, and roast this movie vocally. That's what this movie is for you. Dude, the whole time I'm just like, can someone turn on the lights? <laughs> I can't see anything, man. And like, it's so old that you can still like see those like film speckles like pop up because it's it's just so hard to watch. And I would not recommend this to anyone. There's a million other movies from this era and earlier from this theme and otherwise. It's just like there's nothing to there's nothing of substance from this movie. Nothing. Dude, this three, three out of ten. I was doing the same thing. I said three out of ten. And people want to know why it's not a one or a two. Well, here's the thing. I think you can make an argument for like a two and a half. The reason it's not a one or a two is because it's still, the acting could be worse. It could yeah. be. They're not reading lines. It's obviously like memorized it. It's got Jack Nicholson in it. Like, um, Helene's character was kind of cool. There was a plot twist or two. Like, they were all in the same 15 minutes, but there was a plot twist. If there was no plot twist, this would have been a flat two or one and a half. Um, and then I'm literally giving it a, like a one and a half grace of being, this is an old movie. It's an old movie. They didn't have the technology. So yeah, you're going to not hear things great. The mics are going to be bad. This is super old stuff. Also, I think that this movie saved itself by being 80 minutes. If this was the same quality for another 20 or 30 minutes, I would be way more comfortable giving it a two. But the fact that it did its thing and got out, I can respect that. Not uh, enough I've to also, give it higher than a three, but... Dude, I've never given a movie a three before. Yeah, same. Same. So this is essentially the worst movie I've ever seen. And like, yeah, I can't imagine watching this in any other setting than a roasted setting. Because I was is, thinking like... about this. I was thinking about this in comparison with The Skulls, right? Yeah. Because in my head, the other movie that we've watched that was just straight up bad was the skulls and we and it's just like at least the skulls had structure at least we knew who the characters in the skulls were like like this movie makes the skulls an eight out of ten 100 percent, dude and the the saddest thing about this is like it's a bad movie but i don't hate it yeah you know yeah because the thing is in order to hate something you need to understand it (laughs) You need to be like, I hate everything they're trying to do. I hate how they executed this. For me, it's it's a project someone worked on in middle school and high school. And I'm like, I don't know what is happening. So it's bad. It's very bad. But I don't hate it because there's nothing. To, there's no substance. There's not any part that I disagree with or agree with. Like it was just bad. Yeah, three out of ten. Are you ready to move on to Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah, man. I'm pretty comfortable with the fact that this is the worst movie's done. We haven't we didn't watch the other bad movies, but this is probably the worst movie's done. So let's talk about the best one. Yeah, so One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, if you're unfamiliar, is a movie where Jack Nicholson plays a criminal who, in order to dodge going to jail, uh, admits himself into a psych ward to try to serve out his sentence in what he believes will be a cushier environment. And it's kind of that process of him trying to pretend he has a mental illness while observing the other people that actually do. This movie won a bajillion awards. Uh, I think it's like tied for most awards won in a single Academy night. I think that it's all, it's tied for three. It also is one of only, it's one of only three movies to win the major five. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And winning the major five is best picture, 
best actor, best actress, best director, best writing or screenplay. Those are the five biggest ones. So if you're watching the Oscars, those are like the ones they put at the end of the show, the ones that get the biggest applause, the one they always show on TV. There are Oscars that just straight up don't make it to TV. These are the five biggest ones and it won every single one and was nominated for four other ones. So it was nominated for nine and won five. Um, this movie also has uh, Louise Fletcher as Nurse Ratched, which is, you know, iconic character. Uh, Danny DeVito is in this movie. Christopher Lloyd is in this movie. Like, lots of lots of good stuff happening in here, just in general. Also, didn't recognize DeVito. I didn't recognize Christopher Lloyd. Oh, I recognized Lloyd immediately. See, I was the opposite, because, like, um, I just, like, I know... I also watched a little bit of Taxi, so like I know what '70s Devito looks like. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I did not know what '70s Chris. I only know old Christopher Lloyd. I do not know normal human Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd. I love Christopher Lloyd so much. He's in this very movie good in this and movie. other movies. He's so amazing. So. This movie's great. Yeah. It's so good. Um, And the people you're supposed to hate, it's very easy to hate. The people you're supposed to like, you kind of grow to like them, but you do like them. Um, Jack Nicholson plays R.P. McMurphy, who is a very believable character. Which yeah. is crazy because he's wild. And a lot of times when you have a crazy character or a person who has such a objective, his objective is literally to fake being crazy. But the whole time you're like, is he's not faking being crazy. He's just acting like himself. I never felt like he was faking it. Yes, um, I agree. So I'm like, uh, well, so I guess the kind of dichotomy I'm gonna disagree is a little like, bit. Mm-hmm. There are there are a few points in the movie where people kind of like say, hey, I don't think you're actually mentally ill. So for the next 90 seconds of that scene, he just like turns it up and like starts kissing people and licking people and bouncing up and down. And I'm like, oh, okay, All right. This is damage control. And I can see that. Right. But I think like I think that's another dichotomy of this movie you're just like wait is this guy actually crazy because he is he's nuts nuts as in like he's a wild human being yeah like doesn't have a filter um just like acts without thinking not a care in the world like he's one of those type characters right but like when a person is that wild it's very easy to be like oh this person does not exist in real life he felt so real and there was not a moment where i'm like all right man this is when you would do this because a lot of times when you watch for instance horror movies you're like a normal person would have run away by now it's so obvious you guys are written to do this i never at any point in this movie where i'm like all right a normal person would have done this this and this because it was all real it felt like oh a normal person would be doing exactly what he's doing yeah it was dope bro also this might be a hot take but like nurse ratchet is supposed is like in pop culture she's like considered a super mean character and a super strict character i got where she was coming from 95 percent of the time yeah 95 percent of the time i knew where she was coming from i'm just like this is her i i wasn't upset with her job i'm just like oh this is who she is she shouldn't have this job she didn't i didn't feel like Oh, I mean, like, she was obviously abusing her power, obviously. But, like, I never felt like, man, this guy's crazy. There's something wrong with him. I'm like, no, this is all, like, a personality. There's a kind of person who would do this, and they just shouldn't have this job. But they're still, like, a functioning member of society. Like, they're a bad 
person, but like I've seen way worse, way yeah. worse. I think a lot of the clash, like I think the only reason she's the antagonist of this movie is because McMurphy is the protagonist. Right. You could one hundred percent tell this movie from a different perspective and just flip it. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could make this movie and have Nurse Ratched be the protagonist, and it would not be difficult to do that. You're right. Um, dude, the patients were awesome. Yeah, who the patients um, were sweet. I'm gonna say I think my favorite character, and maybe even I don't want to say the best acting in this movie, but the the actor that I think was most committed to their character was um uh, I feel like C- was Sidney Lassick, the guy who played Cheswick. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. D- d- like I, at first I was like, okay, this character's kind of annoying. But then like, after he like really latches onto McMurphy, I'm like, oh, this guy's like in it. Yeah. And I, and just, I respect that so hard. Yeah. He's playing a patient with like ex- extremely high anxiety. Yeah. Like almost to the point where you could say he has OCD. Like he needs things to be a certain way. When things aren't a certain way, his like world starts to collapse. And and he's like he has a very intense need to be liked. He needs um he wants things to go his way, but he also wants approval from other people. And you know, there are points in the movie where neither of those things are happening and you just watch him crumble like a cookie. Yeah. Like he'll just he just has a breakdown. Um also, it was very cool that there were mental patients um, here and there were a couple of them that could conversate and they were pr- participating in group therapy. And there was other ones that are like in the ward who are like, oh, no, they're just in wheelchairs and they're, you know, um, non-vocal and they don't communicate with others. And that's just a thing. So it's not like freaking Peter Pan and the Lost Boys and all the Lost Boys have a role. It was just like, no, there's some people here who are just like aren't going to be part of the story. Yeah. Because for the sake of realism. And I kind of And it's that. one of the and it gets brought up as part of the story because there's a bit where they call for a vote and McMurphy thinks he has enough votes, but then Nurse Ratched is like, no, you have a majority in group therapy, but only half of the people in this ward participate in group therapy. Right. And he goes, well, what am, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, those people don't even know what's going on. Like, this is an old guy who's just dancing. Every time he's on screen, he's just dancing. Yeah. He's just lost in the sauce. And I'm like, And what? then we have, like, Sai from Duck Dynasty over here that's just, like, yeah, doing whatever dude. he can. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, dude, this movie's... So good. Yeah. This okay. So this is one of the movies that I I think that's gonna be the case for the rest of the best movies that we watch. It's just it's a showcase of acting. You know, these movies win awards for for a reason, and there's just a lots of good intense moments that happen. I think this movie does a good job at um helping you get along with McMurphy just long enough to be comfortable with him, and then reminding you he's a bad person. Yeah. And another thing it does really well, and it kind of showcases like he can't help but be friends with these people. He's like, I am an outgoing person. I need people. I don't need people to like me. But in order for me to get through this, I need to I need to have stuff going on. So he's like runs the place quickly, which is not hard. If everyone else you're communicating with is institutionalized. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> the dude has like he he just has charisma, and so many people in that ward needed someone with charisma to befriend. 
Right. So he's he's walking. He's a candy man walking into school. And uh, dude, it was just, the acting was great. Another cool thing about this movie, and I'm not a. These aren't. It'll never be my favorite movie, but I can always appreciate it. Is there's not a lot happening. Um, like it is. Yes. I would say it's very like day in the life in a ward with a person. It's like uh, we're gonna put this wild character in this environment. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And then towards the so- end, there's a little bit of plot development as far as like um like things actually happen with characters. But you can see like gradual growth with him, gradual growth with other characters. See him and like get used to his environment. That whole thing. There's not like major plot point, major plot point, major plot point. Like, yeah, there's one major plot point that happens in the middle and they milk it for 30 minutes. Right. Um, but like, to be honest, like it was we're just watching characters interact with each other, which is a great sign of amazing writing. Like if there is so much just character interaction and that's the movie, that's extremely impressive. Um. Because, like, I mean, my favorite movies are Christopher Nolan movies, which means there's, like, there's a whole concept around it. Inception is not looking at, well, let's see how this guy interacts with this guy. It's like, no, a dream is inside of a dream inside of a dream. Like, there's other, there's another thing to worry about. This, yeah. it's just, like, we're going to watch characters interact with each other, and that's going to be the movie. Yeah, and it would also be very easy to write a movie like this that's, like, he is trying to pretend he has a mental illness so he cannot go to jail. And it'd be super easy to make that movie about the deception. But it's not. It's not about the deception. It's about living life here. Right. And we've watched quite a few movies with uh, mental institutions. We watched Shutter Island and we watched Rain Man. Not officially. Not officially. We haven't officially watched Shutter Island. That was in a freaking pilot episodes. But like we've watched movies where this gets dealt with. And all of those. I mean, Rain Man is more like characters interacting with characters. Um, But it's so easy for them to be like, this is boring. We didn't write enough about our characters. Let's make something happen. Yeah. And so, that never happened in this. It's just like the characters will drive this whole thing. Yeah. This m- movie is, is based on a book of the same name. And I just want to say I cannot imagine imagine this book being nearly as entertaining <laughs> dude a lot of people this is one of those times where i'm like man the movie's gotta be better than the book just because like in my opinion i don't like books that are just character based my books gotta have something happen in them well and i know a tricky part about books that are character based is nine nine times out of ten you're just reading dialogue yeah and um it's just not a thing for me but i'll Books that are character based showcase actors because that's when there's plenty of history. The the writers or the author of a book, if it's based on a book, they've spent so much time in creating a character. The actor has stuff to explore and there's not a bunch of other stuff happening in a book, bro. This would be so boring. Yeah. And obviously there are there would be intense scenes in the book, just like there are intense scenes in this movie. Like he goes through shock therapy. Yeah. Which the first time well, the only time we see it happen, I'm like, oh, this is brutal. But he walks away. Not wouldn't say fine, but he does get like walk away. He's okay um there's the time when they steal the boat like he takes he basically kidnaps a bunch of patients um um hijacks the bus and takes them to charter a boat and they all pretend to be doctors at the mental institution and the fact that he didn't get like any sort of major reprimandation from that continues to baffle me right um and so that those are i guess you could say those major plot points happening but i'm like yeah but it, it's it's an in, it's just a new environment and we're watching characters interact in that environment it did yeah. not further the plot it was just like all right you saw these characters interact here 
Let's have them interact at a different place. Let's have them interact with these guidelines. And that's all that happened the entire movie. And it was dope. Even up to the final night when they uh, they convinced a guard to let the girls in and the girls brought booze and the entire ward just drank themselves silly. Yeah, after the aftermath of that scene with uh, where they pan up the morning after and you just see like the mess that the ward is in, it's like... You just sit there and you're just like, everyone in this ward is going to be single-handedly murdered by Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> yeah. She, dude, she runs such a tight ship. And she's also, the thing is, is the way she runs stuff, it makes it seem like she doesn't like any of these patients. She doesn't, she might want to be there, but she wants to be there for power. She's not, doesn't want to be there to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that, I think that's the part that was super toxic that we're like, oh, she doesn't care if these people get any better. Yeah. And like in group therapy also, you probably shouldn't talk about these people's super personal problems yeah. that might trigger them. One, that might trigger them and cause a, a breakdown, but two, in front of other people who are mentally ill. I think I thought about that when she's just like, yeah, so uh, th- this patient is dealing with infidelity in his relationship. And before even going to him, she's like, does anyone else have any thoughts on the matter? I'm like, what are we supposed to say about that? Yeah, you're right, man. Um, Totally deserve it. I see what she, uh, she would want to look for someone. Else. Like, what would you say? And I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Also, um, my wife, Macy, has worked in a mental um, institution. And she's like, oh, a lot of this is like completely accurate. Not the group. She runs. She's run group before. It does not look like that. She goes, a lot of this behavior makes sense. A lot of how they are triggering each other and sending people spiraling. Also, very common. The amount of violence, the roughhousing. That's also extremely common. That is something that has just like baffled me about how psych wards are run in general. It's just like, it makes sense to put them all under one roof just for the sake of like keeping track and keeping organized and making sure that everybody's getting the care they need. But once we get into like free roam time or free time, it's just like all those contradicting triggers and um, instabilities are going to like come out in an instant. Yeah, I mean, people want to fight each other all the time, all the time. Um, It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. And I'm just hearing all this is all from secondhand from her coming home from work. And I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> um, That's all the uh, important stuff. Imagine what happened that wasn't important that just slipped under the radar. Right. It's crazy. So like this movie is just dope. And even at the end when I mean, we find out that a guy referred to as chief, the Native American who's like six, seven um he's been faking it because it's like a place to live and it's safe and he doesn't have a lot of other places to go um and then we see what happens with billy babbitt or charlie babbitt no billy babbitt is this movie charlie babbitt is rain man super weird maybe they're related um but billy babbitt gets caught and the shame was so well the nurse made him so embarrassed and shamed him so bad they just killed himself and i'm like at that point when jack nicholson rp mcmurphy was like well i'm gonna kill you now like you are messing around with the person who's mentally unstable and you push them to the point where they just put glass in their own neck and i'm like if she dies i'm not gonna be upset yeah because she because this character billy had a history of sex related shame and tried to kill himself over his last significant other and so now he's sleeping with a new with a different woman for the first time since he tried to commit suicide and nurse ratchet is like huh what if i 
duplicate your suicidal intentions. Huh, I wonder what would happen. And it worked. And it was freaking crazy. Um... I dude, the whole, this movie's so exciting because you get to watch all the other inmates react to stuff. So when yes. that happened, it was fascinating to see like all the inmates are like, "Well, what happened? What happened?" Because we know where he is. They're like, "Well, where's where's Billy?" And they're like, "Oh, he just got laid last night. He's probably still in the cell with the girl." So they're all like waiting. So you're just literally the camera shows you how they're reacting. They're all super excited. They think this is hilarious, and then you also see how they all react to him getting embarrassed and shamed so much that he goes and kills himself and you can see their reactions for that too so like everything was like amazing acting all around was dope um i'm giving this a 7.75 yeah so it's not an eight for me he had jack nicholson is also in the departed which is an eight for me i get why this is his best movie i totally get it this is also his movie the departed is not a jack nicholson movie um I would say 7.75 too. Dude, you just, we're just on the same page right now. Yeah. Cause like, I wish a little bit more happened just cause those are the kind of movies that I prefer, yeah. but the acting was so good and what did happen was fantastic. So that's, that's where that number comes from. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I think once you get to eight and above, it's all personal preference anyway. It's like, yeah. what movies do you like to watch? But it's, this movie's undeniable. It's a good movie. And there's, yeah, I stand by it. Alex, would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Uh, non-movie listeners. So, if you haven't figured it out by now, it is okay to skip through the first worst movie. It's fine. But I would encourage you to listen to the best, especially if you are interested in watching those movies, because we'll, we'll clue you in. We'll encourage you to watch those. So, stick around next time. All right. We are bringing back one that we've only done once, and we did it a billion years ago so this improv segment is called first impressions uh it's basically we give each other characteristics of a person and then we do a scene where we are on a date with that person it's pretty simple um oh dude i remember this this was fun yeah so um i i I think only one person got characteristics at a time. So one person was normal. One person was uh, extravagant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I think we went back and forth like two or three times. Okay. Um, Would you like to be the dater or the dated? That doesn't mean anything. I'm about to be like, uh, (laughs) what? Uh, Would you like to be the normal person or the, would you like to give me characteristics or do you want characteristics? Um, you can give me characteristics. I'll take them. Okay. Um, your character is a stereotypical camp counselor. Oh boy. Okay. I can do that. All right. You ready? Um, so this is our first date. Yep. Blind Um, date. Okay. All right. Oh, oh, uh, hi. Uh, my name is Craig. Oh, um, my name is Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I, uh, thanks for meeting me, uh, here in the park. I, uh, I, I, I know it's kind of weird to meet a stranger out in a park like this, but I figure, you know, you said you're a camp counselor, so why yeah, not? Don't worry about it. this is kind of like my natural element. Um, I love just spending time with people outside. You really get in touch with like, you know, what's going around in the world and like nature, I think it's like naturally therapeutic. So I think it made sense that we're outside. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of, uh, what kind of camp are you at a, uh, at a counselor for? Oh, so we do adventure activities like ropes, cores, zip lines. Um, we also have a water park that's open up in the summer. We have a couple cabins that some people stay overnight. Um, but like an adventure camp, some survival stuff too. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, it really offers an opportunity for people to kind of explore themselves and put themselves in an environment they're not really used to. And I love just being there to support them through that. Um, what, what's the 
name of the camp? Um, it's called Adventure World. Oh, oh, um, I, oh, I don't know how to tell you this, but I did go to Adventure World when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I went there from like twelve to fourteen. Sweet. And, no. Um, the camp counselors routinely pushed me off of the ropes course. Um, yeah, I got a lot of broken bones and my family was in intense medical debt because of it. Well, here's the thing. I would say most of our counselors are very, well, first of all, we're all certified in everything. CPR, EMT, some IT certifications. Um, I think we can actually tutor. Um, I think we're all science certified as well as teachers, substitute teachers, um, every certification really. So I think what might've happened is we're all motivated to push our campers. We want them to reach the limit of what they're capable of. So if you have a fear of heights, we're going to give you the extra push to really experience life in a new way. Well, I just want to make clear, uh, I didn't have a fear of heights. Uh, I do now. So I just I, I feel like that kind of came out of came out of nowhere. I'm sorry. I don't mean to push like the camp history onto you. Like that's my trauma. I'm pushing onto you. That's not fair to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Wh- why don't you ask me some questions? Sure. Um. What is your favorite thing to do around a fire? Oh, you know, just classic roasting marshmallows, telling stories. Um. You know. Uh. You know. Uh. When I was a kid, my friends and I used to like jump over campfires to see uh see how close we could get, but. Actually- Actually, um, I would advise you not to do that. It is dangerous. And we have seen quite a few accidents actually at our campground. So, well, um, I mean, we were kids when we did that. So, like, well, still, uh, I think it really tells me a lot about who you were as a kid. But I'm also pretty, like, intuitive to that kind of stuff. So if you just give me give me five facts about what you were like as a kid, I bet you I know exactly who you are now. I'm just kind of that person. Um, okay. Well, I uh, for the most part, I was an indoor, like, kind of like an indoor kid. Um, Interest. I, okay. Yeah. I I didn't have too many friends. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, watched a lot of like uh, watched a lot of cartoons like Adventure Time and stuff like that. Okay. Uh huh. Um. You know I, what? Actually, I'll just stop you. I don't think this is gonna work out because of the cartoons. I, I haven't. Yeah. Um. I know. I mean, obviously, I deal with children all the time, and the three people that the three characteristics you listed, most of the time, those people. They're not spontaneous. They don't live in a life of adventure. And as a camp counselor, I mean, I'm pretty well cultured. I deal with people all the time. And I think it's important for me to tell you that have you ever had any suicidal thoughts? Well, here's the thing. Kelsey. Because it's kind of your brand. And I've seen actually quite a few. I've been to a couple cabins and Hold I've on. seen. Wait, wait, wait. Kind yeah. of my brand? That's yeah. kind of not a good thing to say to somebody. Well, I'm just telling you from my experience, um, people who listen to those characteristics that you have, I have witnessed a suicide or two. Um, um okay. And hey, 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 you know what? Yes. Um, you said that I'm not spontaneous enough. Well, how's this for spontaneity, coxgun? Nice. Kill self. <laughs> Kill self, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had to list the things we're going to get canceled for. Suicide jokes. Um, what? I'll, I'll give you a character. Here we go. Recently divorced. Um, and now you're having to pay alimony and child support to three kids that aren't yours. Okay. And you're a little disgruntled about it. All right. Um, oh, uh, hey, uh, hey, 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 uh, hi. Uh, my, my name's Alan. Hi. Um, um, my name's Kelly. How are you doing? <sighs> I mean, you know, as good as it can get, I guess. Um, why would you say that? Oh, 
nothing it's fine you know hey kelly listen you're young i appreciate that when you get to my age and you're divorced and you're paying alimony and child support for three kids that you don't even know if they're yours or not you come back to me and you tell me if things are okay you know let's get let's get some drinks um i think oh yeah drinks sure my ex-wife loved those drinks sure yeah um do you uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just have a, a Bud Light. Thanks. Kelly, I, I want to say I'm sorry for blowing up at you. That's an yeah. awful first impression. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you, what are you, what are you into? Are you in school or something? Um, I'm actually, I uh, graduated two years ago. Um, my kids are in school right now and I don't even know if they're my kids or not. Are you okay? Um, it sounds no. like yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I this Have you, was this div- recent? Yeah, last night actually. Last. Um, are you sure this is like kind of the best way to go about? No, this? no, because Marissa can go on dates on the first night after our divorce. So why can't Alan? Alan's going on dates too. I mean, listen. I I understand where you're coming from. I think there's. Have you heard of the like grieving process and what that going what going through that is like? Hey, 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 the only thing that you'll be grieving are D's nuts. <laughs> you know, it was a pleasure meeting you, Alan. Um, unfortunately, there's not enough room in this table for both of us. Cox gun. <laughs> Alan's a sad dude. Dude, I was just like. Hey, waiter, help, please. Bartender, help, please. Somebody rescue me. Alan is played by Ben Affleck, let's be clear. Yes, and my character is played by literally any woman ever. (laughs) Just like, help, this guy, red flags, please. First impressions, man. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's an oldie but a goodie, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to our middle segment now. And this one is called the Craigslist connection. You've done this to me a few times and it's time I returned the favor. I have gone onto Craigslist in various cities, pulled some missed connection tabs, and we're going to see if you can fulfill what they are looking for. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I will say I'm not excited. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Freaking yikes. All right. So this first one is from New Orleans Mm -hmm. and it is titled Love at First Bite. At the red light, you were itching your mosquito bites. I was itching mine. We almost got in a wreck. Sorry I missed you. Is there any uh, biographical information? Age? Nope. (laughs) Well, listen, dude, I appreciate a person who can recognize a connection like immediately. Um, So I'm going to give this person a shot. We'll right. see uh, how they stand up against their competition. All right. This one's titled Reading in the Dark at the Bookstore. Oh, boy. We were reading in the dark together. We couldn't make out the words, but we felt the same way about them. So guess what? You weren't reading. So guess what? You couldn't make out the words. You weren't reading. I miss you. But are you really just a ghost? Or are you in my head? That's what I'm told. My head feels more honest these days. Nothing around me does. I miss you. Did I say that? Where'd you go? It doesn't matter, I guess. I still feel the same way, and I am still waiting for your little signs. They drive me crazy and comfort me at the same time. I think I love you. Think you can, uh, think you can help me? Hell no! (laughs) Hell no! Under no circumstances. That one was from Austin, Texas, by the way. Good? Freaking Joe Rogan. Get out of control, bro. This is... 
disturbing, man. That is disturbing. First of uh, all, too long. Good, dude. Stop it. Also, as soon as you mentioned the ghost, I knew it was going to be nothing but red flags. I, I just love the in parentheses, are you in my head? That was so bad. So this no, person needs so help. No on that this one? needs genuine so no. help, and I cannot give that to him. So that's a no. Okay. Uh, next one is from the Jersey Shore. Okay. Uh, we were walking off the beach and started talking. You asked me about my shoes and told me about your daughter. You showed me your long toes and told me you're a therapist. I was enjoying our conversation and wanted to get your number, but when we got to the road, your husband was there. We exchanged mm. our names and he told you to go to the bathroom. I felt like you and I were sharing a vibe from um uh sharing a vibe for a moment, but I didn't want to make it awkward in front of your friend. If you happen to see this i thought you were beautiful and i hope we cross paths again sometime jay listen man i you can never give time to a homewrecker i just want to say <laughs> that <laughs> this person's husband got demoted to friend in a breath i was i thought i misheard you <laughs> no nope. i'm like because if you know that's her husband or his husband or whatever um you don't get to call the shots on whether nope. it's going to be a friend later. All right. So of that little cluster, who... Uh, Definitely who you... Mosquito Bites, bro. Okay. Mosquito Bites is giving me strong vibes. All right. Um, this one is from Boston. Okay. Uh, this one Already is Already a red flag. This one is titled, Sub Shop Waltham Hot Black Guy. Ooh. Talking to a hot black guy in Waltham in line at a sub shop. Kind of got the vibe you were into me. You're smoking hot and had a huge bulge. Hard to tell if you're in college or maybe a senior in high school. I'm a guy. If you see this, hit me up. I mean, obviously he's calling me out personally. Yeah, clearly. Were you in Boston recently? Specifically three hours ago? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think this person's tied for Mosquito Guy. All right. Because, uh... uh... (laughs) Obviously, they got he's your talking number. about me. He knows me. I also love the distinction of hard to tell if you're in college or just a senior in high school. My friend, that is a dangerous and very blurry line. But also, it makes me think that this person is also in college or senior sure, in high school. Sure, sure. So, less less worried, but a little worried. This one I can't imagine you're going to go for. I just thought the title was funny. This is titled, Looking for the Woman Who Used to Watch Me. This is from... <laughs> Uh, I don't know where this is from. Uh, It says, I am looking for the woman who used to have me come over and give her a show. I would love to do this again. Let me know if you see this. And then the kicker, even if this isn't you, hit me up if you're female and interested. See, you can smell the desperation. (laughs) Just like, hey, I'm looking for one person specifically. If you're not them, I do not care. (laughs) Yeah. um, Desperation is a huge turnoff for me. So that's a quick swipe left. All right, last one. This is from L.A. I kind of look like Bill Burr. We smiled at each other. We had our masks down. You were showing a bit of nicely tanned cleavage. I'm the ginger with a short beard who has started cutting my hair super short to nearly bald. Kind of like Bill Burr. I also work out six days per week and love to make a pretty lady laugh. If this was you who I shared the smile with, I'd love to take you out. This guy? Um is not good people what makes you say that um everything so here's the thing (laughs) 
I love Bill Burr, but I don't have a lot in common with his fans. Um, and a lot of them turn out to be a little bit of uh, women haters. Yeah, and you could tell this one specifically because the only describing feature that he gave about this woman was her nicely tanned cleavage. Right. Um, also, everyone knows uh, guy ginger's ugly, girl ginger's hot. <laughs> Everybody Sorry, knows this. Sorry, all guy gingers. All guy gingers. I have never been impressed once, bro. The um, Weasleys are as good as it gets, and that's mediocre at best. Um. So, how do you feel? Who who won this little bracket? I'm gonna. It's definitely Subshop guy. Oh, for sure, dude. Okay, so between Subshop guy and Mosquito Bites, dude. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Mosquito Bites. Mosquito Bites is looking they had an instant connection and sub shop is just recognizing a part of my body that one's just lust it's a little bit too yeah objectifying me and the other person's like listen man we were doing the same thing there's a ser- there's serendipity in this moment let's just take it a little bit further and i respect that a lot so um, mosquitoes pretty high up all right well um a little did you know that the end of this bit came with a plane ticket to new orleans louisiana nola bro dude (laughs) i love i've never been but i love just the thought of going there so i'm down i'm so down all right well that was uh craigslist connections i'm glad that you found your true love yeah man and it was the first one it was the first one very rarely do you get it in one and I, I loved it, dude. And I appreciate it. And I hope I bump into this person in NOLA. Oh, are you ready for the one hit wonder? It's never coming back. I'm very ready. It's called Quick Maths. Um, it's sort of like word association, but I'm going to give you a basic math equation. And you have to kind of guess the answer as fast as possible. So Wait, one plus one hold plus on, two. Ta- er, er, er. You, in that description, there was a word here that I ki- that I need to go back to. And you said, kind of. Because you said that you kind of need to give an answer to. What does that mean? Well, you try to get the answer. Okay. Try to get the answer to. So, and here's, here's why. Because one plus one is two. However, somebody's a little trickier. Bourbon plus lemon is whiskey sour yeah that's what i was gonna say you cut me off mouth I could say it. minus teeth dentures gums and tongue are you ready for some quick maths i'm fast very as you ready. can go i genuinely thought this was just gonna be a numbers bit and i am less excited now that i realize it's this not. is why you're gonna try and get the answer you probably won't okay podcast plus guest failure listens or oh. views i would also take views joke minus laughs bomb nailed it Germany minus Hitler. Good. I was going to say flawless, but I'll stick good. Close minus inhibitions. Sexual desires. I put intercourse, but I'll take that. Bed plus kid. Injury. Nap. Nap. Money plus addiction. Cocaine. Gambling. Oh. All right. Here we go. These are the abstract rounds and the final round. I don't have the answers. You're just going to have to brainstorm something good. Okay. Square root of famous. The square root of famous is TikTok. Interesting. Movies to the no, third power. No, wait. No, I take that back. T- uh, famous. The square root of famous is cameo. Makes sense. All right. Movies to the third power. Movies to the third power is... This is such a niche... This isn't a niche poll. It's a pretentious poll. It's the Criterion Collection. Oh, nice. All right, here we go. IQ divided by attractiveness. Um, Game. Like romantic game. Interesting. Okay, okay. Date night multiplied by Chicago. 
date night multiplied by Chicago. Is this an equation that you were just like, I don't know how he's going to answer this one. I'd like to see him try. These are all very abstract, dude. There is no correct answer. I'm just like, this is like like a test to see like where your brain comes to. Because, you know, when you do like word association, people say knife and they're like murder. And you're like, okay. Calm down. I'm going to say, I'm going to say date night multiplied by Chicago equals a proposal. Nice. Very good. All right. And last one in cell divided by musicals. JD from Heather's. (laughs) Okay. Interesting pull. Interesting pull. And that's it. That's quick maths. It's never coming back. I hope you'd enjoyed it because that's all there is. All right, Alex, uh, have you been watching anything else? No, but I am going to be watching uh, Hugh Jackman's new movie, um, Reminiscence, I think it's called. Okay, you're going to have to let me know if you got further in it than I did. I tapped out halfway through. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. I'm still (laughs) trucking through Survivor. Um, You's coming out and the morning show are coming out next Freaking ninety days straight up. I've thought about like I've thought about seeing if we could do a podcast for you. Just dude, we can do a one-off. Just do a bonus. Just because we both love that show so much, there's no way we don't talk about it. Yeah. Also, I'll let you know when the second season of Morning Show is finished. Um, so you can get like a seven-day trial or whatever. Yeah, and and just binge binge it. it. Dude, it's so freaking good. It's so good. Yeah. Um. So I'm super excited for both of those. Still working on Survivor. I'm trying out the new Jackman movie. Um. And then you know, still dipping my toe in Mentalist. As, as you are, as you are. Yeah. Um, what about you? I saw Shang Chi in theaters. First yeah. of all, accidentally went to my first midnight showing. Whoopsie oh, daisy. Sweet. <laughs> Dude, my first midnight showing um was Black Panther. Yeah. It's just like uh, it came it came out on Friday and it was like Thursday and I'm like I want to go see a movie today. And I'm like doesn't Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi come out tonight? And I'm like it does. So I got the 6:30 showing and I went and I'm like was that technically my first pre- premiere night movie? And it was. Oopsie daisy. It's fantastic. I I said this before and I'll say it again. Top 3 Marvel movies top contender for movie of the year. Uh, what is your top three? Uh, Infinity movies. War, Captain Marvel, this. All of those things on brand. So yeah. I literally. The problem is, is when you say stuff like I have to ask follow up questions. Yeah. Just to okay. Be so like, here's why do I, I take lo- his opinion seriously. So here's the thing that I walked away from Shang Chi and like this is gonna stick with me forever. You know how in like every Captain America movie they reinvented how he fought with the shield and every time felt new and refreshing. Yeah. Like that. The total amount of refreshing that you got from three movies of Captain America, you get that same amount of feeling from one movie of Shang-Chi. Good grief, dude. So every fight scene just felt incredibly different and unique. And especially once they start fighting with the rings, I'm like, I didn't even think of that. Like, I did not know that was on the table. Did you feel like there was enough action scenes? Yeah. Yes. Because there's a couple scenes, like a couple movies where I'm like, bro, we're, you know, an hour in and we've seen one fight. Oh, and that, that, that is down. that is not a problem in this movie. Okay. There's a bit of there's a little bit of a second to third act transitional lull as most movies have 
Mm-hmm. But also, as someone who just generally does not like Aquafina, never been a fan of the characters she's played, she's very good in this movie. She is Sweet. very good in this movie. Are you excited for Eternals? I wasn't until I saw the trailer before the movie, and I'm like, all right, all right, I'll bite. Sweet, man. So, yeah, I, I, um, good stuff happening. Good stuff happening. Well, dude, we've done 52 episodes. Yeah. It's not our one-year anniversary yet. Fifty Episode 54 is our one-year anniversary. But 52 weeks in a year. <laughs> All right. So next week, it, continuing in our best and worst series, we are taking a look at one Meryl Streep. Her worst movie is Ricky and the Flash, a relatively recent movie. I think this is the most recent worst movie we're watching this oh, month. Sweet, dude. At least it'll be easier to watch, I think. Yeah. And her best movie is Kramer versus Kramer. And so I'm, I'm very excited for this. I'm always excited for our best movies. Because I've heard about them, but I've never seen them, and I'm so excited. Yeah. So uh, you can make sure to follow the show at Permanent Handle. Nope, that's my personal. That's my personal. So you can follow the show at Permanent Good. You can follow us individually at Permanent Handle and Alex the Goods. Dude, we're just pumping out content, baby. Left and right. Left and right. Yeah, dude. Um, The amount of podcasts we put out. Also, how many podcasts we consistently put out. Dude, I don't know a whole lot of podcasts who never take breaks. We have not taken a break. We have doubled our workload so we cannot take breaks. <laughs> it's impressive. We are loyal. We stand by you. We expect you to stand by us. Show your friends. Show your family. Don't show my friends. Don't show my family. <laughs> yes. And also don't show the place where I work or anything like that. Don't follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> well, that being said, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.